prepare yourselves, because rising from the abyss, rising from the submerged desolation, are some of the most corrupt, steely-eyed, nerdsos that you have ever allowed into your ear holes. This is relics of war. You will not be found wanting for Guild Wars, or Guild Wars 2 news this day. Ah, oh, Togo, I just want to get through this already, shot. Ah! But you might want a shower. Hey, this is Johnny Ten, and you're listening to the Relics of War. Hey guys, welcome to the Relics of War podcast. This is the podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and the Guild Wars community. My name is Ryan, I'll be your host, and uh, oh, a lot of you people might also know me as Cole. And with me here today, I have the likes of Tiger, Tiger Feet, with SecretAgentCat.com. Hey, it's great to be back. I don't know if anybody missed me, but I kind of went away from everything to work on the Ambassador video. But now that's done, and I'm ready to do different stuff now. How long were you gone for? I think it was a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. okay. It's, it's so hard to keep track of who's been on and who hasn't over the weeks anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, without further ado, also with us is Tasha. With I can start saying you're with SI Radio again, huh? You can, yes. Hello. And as people will now no longer, well, probably here, I am full of cold at the moment, so... <laughs> I'll just be over in the corner and interject very, very infrequently, I think, this episode. Never mind. Yes. So, yeah, she's with Split Infinity Radio. I'll, I'll just talk about this since you're sick. At siradio.fm. And, uh, yeah, so that's the lineup today. And, uh, man, in terms of the news, what have we got? We've got the uh, engineer. Yeah, yeah, almost forgot about that. Oh, wait, no, I didn't, because that's all anybody's talking about. Other than that and the end of the world, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, well, no. it's it's 4 p.m. here, and I, th- I think it's meant to happen at 6 o'clock. Right. If it so, happens at all. So if I disappear towards the end of this, you know what's happened. Okay, that's good to know. But Also, the CD drive-on's laptop is not closing. <laughs> I'm doing some troubleshoot during the show. Close! There we go. <laughs> I just had to shout at it and show my authority. Do you want so, to do an overview of the engineer? What's that? Do you want to do an overview of the engineer? Uh, you know what? I, I guess could. we can do that. If let me, let me play a little bumper here. Well, what we're gonna do for this expansion is uh, we're gonna take all the existing models and reskin them. Ah, oh, for crying outside! Someone get us a new MMO, or I'll stab my ear with this pencil. For today's sequel scuttlebutt, we've got the engineer. It's the new profession that has been released. Tiger, what do you know about this? Well, it's it's our last adventure profession. It's what people have long speculated to be the gunner. For which I'd like to say, ha! It's not a gunner. <laughs> Um, um, he's, he's relies heavily on environmental weapons, but they're skills he can equip. He's got kits and he's got, he's got weapon kits and backpack kits and turrets and elixirs is pretty much what he's all about. The weapon and the backpack kits are utility or healing skills that he can equip just like any other skill in those slots. And when he uses them, they replace his his held weapons with a whole new weapon slot. This is similar to the elementalist and her attunements, except that a, a an engineer that's using a like two pistols will have the same skills as an engineer that's using like a a rifle. Mm-hmm. So um, the the skills don't change based on what weapons he's got. the The kit skills change on depending on what type of kit. It is. I think they said there's seven different kits. He's got bombs and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, 
insane. Um, if if the idea is a little confusing to you, you can go to conjurephantasm.com, and Knox has put an engineer skill diagram together to pretty much drive it home how it's working. I imagine Saber Wolf is also going to put one together because usually when there's something confusing, that is video time for him. Yeah, the um, the engineer's unique mechanic has to do with the turrets and the kits he equips. He'll put in a turret or a kit, and it goes into his tool belt, which is four little skill slots above his skill diagram, and those add an additional skill depending on which kit or turret he has equipped. And those correspond to the healing and the fur and the three utility slots. The elite slot does not have a a tool belt kit. And you're probably all thinking Batman by now. I know my husband was. <laughs> <laughs> but what the what the what the tool belt does is it adds an additional functionality. For example, the I think it was the bomb kit gives you an option to detonate all of your bombs at once. Or maybe that was the mines. There's bombs and mines and lots of explosives. I think the example they gave was um, if you had the mine kit activated, you could lay down your mines and individually um, set them off. But if you'd switched kits um, and you still had mines that were lying around, your tool belt would allow you to detonate all your mines at once without having to switch back to the mine kit to detonate them. Yes. Yeah. Tosh is way more eloquent than I am. <laughs> no, I think I was just more confused than most people were, and so that meant epic amounts of reading on my part. I have to admit, the engineer just made me go, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. I saw the explosives, and I got all excited because it reminded me of my saboteur in Rift. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also got elixirs, which are insane little... Well, they're elixirs, but they do random stuff. Like, he's got an elite elixir that gives you a random elite from another profession. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you serious? I did yeah. not see that. Oh, yeah. That was in the War Tower interview. Oh, there, wow. There are quite a lot of different elixirs as well. But the naming convention that they've said so far just seems to be elixir B, elixir Y, elixir L. I hope they kind of clarify that a bit. Otherwise, <laughs> it's going to be like, um, which letter do I need now? Well... Elixir B gives buffs, and the Elite Elixir is Elixir X. So I think they make a little bit of sense when you see what, what they do. Hopefully, hopefully. I think the reason so many people think of Batman when they hear this is because, uh, you know, Batman, among other superheroes, he doesn't have superpowers or anything. It's all about what he's got, you know, what resources he has mm -hmm. because of his money or his intelligence or whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what the engineer is, is everybody else has all this magic or... The warrior's got all these weapons and stuff. He's even kind of got his own magic in a way. But you've got the engineer over here who's like, nope, I'm just smart. Yep. He's I the Iron Man cool of Guild Wars. Or the Iron Man, yes. I was going to bring that up. Iron Man is also not a superpower man. He's just incredibly funny, awesome, and rich. <laughs> you know, he's he's becoming one of my favorite actors right now, Robert Downey Jr., Yes. Oh, I'll agree with that. Yeah. He's you're like the next Picasso. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't paint. <laughs> so that's interesting, but th there's uh, a debate flaring up now, and you knew this was probably going to come when this happened. But a lot of people are saying the engineer breaks the um, the tone, breaks the atmosphere, the fantasy feel of Guild Wars Two. And in my personal opinion, um, first of all. I think a lot of people are assuming they know what the atmosphere and tone of Guild Wars 2 is. I think you need to wait to see what that is before you say such a thing. Having said that, if they are going for your more common fantasy feel and all that, this this is definitely jumping a shark. But I don't think that's what they were going for. I think they have a new feel because it's 250 years after a fantasy feel that everyone else is expecting. You can find that in Guild Wars. To that, I have to say the mortars and the ballista in the Shatterer fight were okay, but the engineer is not. Mm -hmm. I think what is kind of happening, and I've put a huge long post into Relic's forum earlier on about this, but I'll try and paraphrase it. I think it's slightly similar to the Uncanny Valley thing with humans. Like, if something is 
familiar, but you, like you know it's not human, but it has human characteristics. You find it endearing, but if you add more, then its flaws become quite obvious, and you just end up concentrating on like the bad points about it. I think it's because the eng because we keep seeing mines and grenades and those kind of things in modern warfare. Um, video games and like on the TV and things like that, we don't really think of them as being hundreds or thousands of years old uh, technology and like mines and stuff have been used for thousands of years. But because we associate them with modern stuff, when we see them in a fantasy style game, it kind of jars with us and you can suspend the disbelief and suspend reality and kind of believe there's magic and there's robots and things are steampunk because we aren't in the Victorian age, we don't have the future tech and things like that, but the minds and stuff we have now, there's nothing to stop you or I or anyone out there from picking up all the stuff the engineer has for the most part and actually getting into combat now and I think that's where people are going, oh this hurts my head and it's not right. And that's that's one thing is in games where they do implement steampunk, it always seems to be just robots and things like that. It's kind of cool, in my opinion, to actually see them starting to implement more of what is steampunk, which is like you know, using guns in a setting that's or uh, using tech in a setting that's not necessarily uh, where you would usually see guns. You'd think guns, and you think of warfare after World War One type mm -hmm. stuff. Guns have been around a lot longer than that, and yeah. putting that in a setting of Fantasy is not all that weird. I mean, think back how far back um, gunpowder was even invented in China. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned to me, Tasha, that the gun turret looked like a meat grinder. And yeah, that's actually my husband. He saw that, and he, he didn't like the artwork <laughs> of a lot of the stuff because he thinks the, the turret they showed in the video looks like a meat grinder. But I think that's perfect because a meat grinder is such a simple apparatus that, you know, it... When you look at it, it's clear that it relies on clockwork and black powder. It's not mm -hmm. some kind of crazy electrical contrivance. And I think it fits, honestly. It, I really do. If the engineer profession kind of was born among the char, maybe that's exactly what they named the turret. The meat grinder. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, think, yeah, the, think... the engineer did come from the char. Uh huh. They said that. I'm sorry, Tasha. It's all right. I just was going to say, I think I would have preferred to see it a little bit more rifle on a pedestal and a little bit less, like, meat grinder or coffee grinder, as Inzi put on our forum. Or our a little less forum. minigun? Yeah, it just looked kind of odd, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't completely disagree that this thing could run a risk of breaking the atmosphere. If if we don't see bits of the technology that make the engineer who they are, if we don't see that at least moderately scattered around the world, that makes them kind of the isolated instance of this technology, and technology does not come in isolated instances. Mm -hmm. It permeates yeah. society and culture, and so we'll need to see that, or then I, you might see me on board with some of these people that are well, that's concerned. Something else that I was thinking about was that we've seen the Azura Gates make their way into all the different cities. That kind of technology has permeated through the world. But it seems like the Char, because they distrust magic and they've made all this technology, that technology hasn't necessarily permeated back through mm. the other cultures. And it almost feels like the engineer was made as a Char supporting profession so they weren't all alone. That's a good point. So we might see that actually there's only one culture that seems to have a saturated version of this technology. That's the char. And so if you're a char, you're actually venturing out and saying, damn, you guys, you're so yesterday. Yeah. But we, we also know that any any race can be any profession. So yeah. mm -hmm. there's there's nothing to say that someone else might have gone and learned engineering from the char because they've... They're slightly more friendly now, maybe not terribly, but <laughs> <laughs> they've said that it's not it's not common, but it's not unheard of to see the other races in like the Black Citadel. I want to make an engineer named Nikolai Tesla. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so, okay, enough of this engineer stuff. Um, there was also an interview this week with Eric Flanham and John Peters on Game Reactor, and they were talking about stuff other than the engineer, so I'm sure there's some people out there going, oh, thank God, let's talk about something else. So, um, one of the first things that was pointed out was that there w that were pointed out was, no, that was a singular item I was referencing. Good, my grammar is in check. 25 zones. They're going to have 25 zones for us to be in to start off with. There will be six cities, he said one for each race, and then Lion's Arch for all the races. I guess math has little priority in this interview, because <laughs> it leaves one, doesn't it? How many no. races are there? There's five. Oh, there's five? Okay. Five I'm forgetting someone. Five. I'm forgetting the Asura again. Damn. You poor Oi. little suckers. I always forget them. Poor little rat guys. Yeah. No, so, right. okay. We'll just, like... Screw you out of all the new technology. It's fine. And it's funny because I'll probably roll one too. Then I won't forget. Unless it remains level one. And in that case, yeah. So there will also be eight dungeons. And uh, it was described as they are more like longer missions that are design designed to be Omspilbare. Omspilbar? I don't know. This was um, a translation from some other language. I don't know what the main language of Game Reactor is. But yeah, so someone want to write in and tell me what the hell that word is? O-M-S-P-I-L-L-B-A-R-E. Unless that's actually English, and in that case it's like, what the hell? Is that like when you spill something while you're naked and you go, oh my god? I'll let that sink in for a second, because that was a terrible joke. Um, spill bar. Right, AI overall is getting overhauled as well. That means that our concerns about the pet from the demo... That is something ArenaNet's aware of. They are not leaving it as that was. That was just in development. Same with the NPCs and stuff you fight. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, yeah. You know, I, it always amazes me that, you, you know, you, they say the squeaky wheel gets the, gets the oil, but I don't have a whole lot of patience when it comes to people whining about how things are oh so terrible and how this is going to suck even when mm -hmm. you don't play the game. And... I remember listening to someone complain about the NPC AI and how it wasn't engaging, how they just stood there, and I'm like, well, it's probably going to get worked on, and, but I, I guess they're paying attention to people like that, which is probably yeah. why I'm not a game developer or an HR person, because I'd be just like, suck it up, quit complaining. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, if they do overhaul the pet AI, I, I might go back and revisit the ranger. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it's actually pretty, um, well, what you saw was, I guess, rudimentary. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and then they were talking about underwater combat a little bit, so a little more clarification on that is that some weapons also will not work underwater. Obviously, uh, logistically, that would be obvious, but then I guess there are some weapons that only work underwater. Which and interestingly, curious. you said that uh, and, like, some do not work at all underwater guns and bows. Well, what the mm. hell is the engineer going to use underwater? Because he can only gets guns. Harpoon? Submarine. Oh, awesome! I, want <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> A yellow submarine. That's, that's, oh, man, that's... if you can. It's got to be done. <laughs> <laughs> Have a little bit of Beatles music for the sound of the casting. That'd Absolutely. be cool. Absolutely. Actually, no. I don't really like the Beatles. I probably just made enemies. I don't like Star Wars, and I don't like the Beatles. Should we just hmm. get you, like, a rocking chair on the porch with a gun? Yep, I think that'll work, and I'll I'll start learning to quote Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. Just give you a banjo. <laughs> <laughs> um, something else they talked about was, they, they were asked if uh, profession, anything about professions have changed since these professions were released. So, like, has anything changed about the warrior since he was released? And the answer was yes, actually. Uh, it was mentioned when they were first released that adrenaline could help scale the damage. So how much adrenaline you have built up scales the damage you do. They've removed that, for example. Um, so things like that had, do get changed. I think if it's a really big deal, they'll bring it up. Uh, yeah. Some warriors might consider that a big deal, but I'm pretty sure they do something to in lieu of that. It's not just, we removed that, you guys do less damage, we're already nerfing before the game's out. Cool, huh? Well, it makes me think of that it might actually be a buff, because when you start out a battle, you're not going to be doing your your full potential of damage if you have to build up adrenaline in order to do more damage. So, yeah. maybe they'll have more front-loaded damage instead of having to fight for you know, 30 seconds to a minute before they can finally do their max amount. 
Yeah, I think it stops adrenaline being a commodity that warriors won't want to spend. Because otherwise mm -hmm. you get to a scenario in PvP where you, you don't want to spend your adrenaline because you're going to do less base damage. Yeah, so um, I haven't heard any crying about that, and uh, hopefully we've headed off any that was in the works. And there were he also mentioned that some professions entirely, actually they were referring to them as classes, oddly, in this, but anyway... Two of them actually got scrapped, so I don't know if they were planning on having ten or what, but the two were the Warden and the Marksman. Um, they were removed as profession ideas, and I mean, they said nothing more about it, but I've seen a lot of talk about it now. It was like, what the heck was the Marksman? Um, when we what the heck the was the Warden? <laughs> I imagine the Warden, if we were to see what was planned for the Warden, we would just see elements that are now in the Guardian. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, this is actually something we were going to talk about in Speculator's Corner, but I don't know if there's that much to say other than, in my opinion, I would wager that a lot of the ideas we see in the Ranger or the Warrior have been now found in the Marksman, and then a lot of the Warden stuff is now found in the Guardian. Mm -hmm. Possibly, when you think of a Warden, I could see how that might have also found its way into the Necro, maybe. Wardens in other games. But not necessarily. Oh, how the Necros uh, have their wards on the ground? Yeah, stuff like that. It's um, Or wardens tend to be... Actually, I'm thinking wardens are... From Guild Wars, if you think of what the wardens were. They had a lot of earth stuff going on. Yeah. Ritualistic earth stuff, so that kind of leads me to the Necro, but I'm not sure even that really fits. I don't know, but I, I imagine they got distributed all about. And, uh, oh, something else I didn't put in the notes here, but also was there was references to that uh, last profession and how the engineer and that last profession were supposed to be very different from the other professions. Well, the engineer is very different. So this eighth one is also supposed to be kind of on that scale. So if it is the Mesmer, this thing's going to be pretty unique. Did you read the War Tower interview, Ryan? No, I did not. At the end, the interviewer asks, I think it was John Peters, but I could be wrong. He asked, he, he says, well, this... This, I think this profession is the best one, and it's going to be my favorite. And he's, he says, well, now don't be so hasty. You know, we've still got one left. And he says, okay, well, listen very carefully here. Will this last profession make me change my mind? And he puts mind in all caps. And the arena net guys laugh, and one of them says, yes, well, we just hold up, and we may be able to change your mind. Again, in ah. all caps. Ah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah I, my money's on it's going to be a Mesmer, but don't go off the Mesmer you used to know, because I it, think they're planning to blow our mind. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I, I have full confidence that it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I liked the Mesmer in Guild Wars. I didn't play one much, but I really did think it was unique. Um, I'm, I'm very interested, because I would like to see... Wouldn't that be funny if the Mesmer turned out to be something that made me turn from the Guardian? Not likely, though. It'd have to be a support role. Huge support. Could be uh, heavy CC, though. That'd be pretty sweet. Anyway, enough of this crap. Uh, uh, two more things they said was the way guilds and social organizations work is still under development. Something I'd really like to find out when it does get hammered out, because guilds and alliances, I have some suggestions for how those could work. I like how they worked in Guild Wars better than other games, other than that damn cap in guilds. Yeah. That sucks. I could understand if you had like a 400, 300 person max in a guild, because even WoW had to do that, but 100, that, that was, that didn't turn out to be so good for us. <laughs> but yeah, for, also, the alliance thing though, that's something I don't see in other games, and I love it. Yeah, the alliance, the alliance is a really awesome. nice point. Yeah. The only thing I wish that was different about the alliance is I wish you could see if your Roster, other yeah. alliance members were online. Agreed. Like, yeah. when I left Relics for Pig, I had to add everybody as a friend because I wanted to see if you were online and if I could chat with you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you get for being a... Uh, a uh, oh, I forgot the guy's name now. A dirty, rotten traitor? <laughs> Well, a dirty rotten traitor, yeah. <laughs> Benedict Arnold? Is that who it was? Eggs Benedict? And then the last question was, um, can we dye our underwear? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you know, it's possible. It's uncertain. So, 
Why did you ask that question? At this point, I have to remind everyone, you're not playing The Sims. You're playing Guild Wars. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think Fend would really enjoy that. He's got Ah, this old-timey Fend. is his paragon dyed pink with no pants on. I am interested to see what Fend comes up with as a character for Guild Wars 2. (laughs) What the heck? I'm a little scared. Uh, It's going to be a dude. But it's going to be like the creepiest kind of dude you can make, I imagine, in pink. <laughs> uh, of course, who am I to talk? There might be an NPC called, with pink sweatpants and a gacky uh. and a thong. The sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this game. I heard this game will work on Windows 7. I heard that Norman are really tall. That's just speculation. So, for our speculating pleasure, um... Right, uh, the first thing was a poll that we had on the Facebook page after our last episode. When we were asking what sort of NPC should we have in Guild Wars 2 that is an homage to the Relics of War podcast. The winner at the moment so far is Loudon the Last Monk Bender. It should be an NPC with that name, and I, I was one of those that voted for that. <laughs> what are the other options? The other options came out to, let's see, a skill that counters the elementalist twisters named luck of the sean i thought that was good it hasn't gotten any votes yet a skill called cynical was qatar (laughs) we needed uh let's see yeah we need a um a char npc by the name of tigress oh whoops tigress paw secret and then just insert rock type here in brackets and actually don't insert one just leave that the name we have smithy the peasant gossip i can't believe that got no votes a buff in neutral areas called Harmless as the Ruby. And that got one vote. Mesmer interrupt skill called Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> that got a vote. Um, Christian S. Preston, Wandering Minstrel, on a stallion. He has to be on a stallion. That got two votes? Let's see. Nope, just one. And Tasha replacing every reference to Gwen. I regarded that as a huge improvement. That was three votes. <laughs> and then there's... This one got four, and this is the booze-hungry Gacky. The, you know, pink sweatpants Gacky. You could also call him the Singleton. And then, yeah, the winner by... You know, I had four. Loudon has nine. Is oh. Loudon the last monk bender. I think he should be Loudon the last ranger hater. Or that. Or Loudon the last heel bender. You know, something like that. Or internet. Just saying. They got to do it. All right. And so uh, if you guys want to vote on that, just head to the Relics of War Facebook page. It's on. It's linked to on the front page. I'm shivering. What the hell? It's almost June. Usually I get in this car in the summer and it's hot as hell. What's up? Um. Right. Abundance of the engineers in Guild Wars 2. Do you think they're going to be rampant? No. Maybe on the start. Maybe on the start there'll be a lot of people, but then they'll try playing it and be like, what is this? I don't even... And yeah. go do go roll a warrior. I, think I was, am sorry. Go oh, on. go ahead. No, you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think what's going to happen is people are going to look at the engineer and they're going to find that it's actually kind of hard to work out how to play them properly. And whereas like other professionals like the Guardian, I think they're going to be easy to learn and difficult to master. I have this horrible feeling that the engineer is going to be hard to learn and then like easy to play. Yeah. I think people are just going to get bored. Considering how much I like steampunk, I know I'm going to have one of these guys. Just for looks purposes, at the very least. So, I'd, I, I'm just wondering if their appearance, their steampunkiness, is going to make them more common. Well, as as much as they've left me cold, and I was really, really pumped to see what the, the gun profession would be, they left me stone cold, but I've got a guild full of, full of guys who usually play PvP games that are going, oh my god, I'm actually interested in Guild Wars 2 now. So I have no doubt we're going to see a lot of them. Yeah. As uh, Christian said in the notes here, he kind of ninja his way in. He said, not as abundant as the Silvari, Thief, or Ranger. Yeah, true that. Yeah. Um, I honestly think Silvari will be the most abundant race ever, just because... They're the stand-in for the elves, and for mm. some reason, inexplicably in my case, they seem to be the most popular. Oh, yeah. Just elves are... Boggles my mind. Everyone wants to be an elf. 
for whatever reason. But y- you know, I say that, and then in Rift, I rolled a freaking elf. Yeah, that's so true. I don't have any room to talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it also depends on racials. I know in WoW, I played an elf, but it was for the racial. I don't think the racials are going to play that much of a difference. I don't think they'll make enough difference for you to roll a specific race with exactly. a specific profession. That, that's what I'm hoping, yeah. I guess that's what I meant by it depends on the racials. Not really what they turn out to be, but whether or not they're that important. Right. And I really hope they're not, because I hate that when people... In WoW, there was a while there where when you went to PvP as a priest, if you weren't undead, you were an idiot. Or a dwarf, right? Yeah, that- it depended on which side. If you were Alliance, then you wanted to be a dwarf for the stone skin, whatever the hell. And then they nerfed the crap out of those, and then it was like, Ha! You stupid bastards, you thought you were going to keep that forever? And it's just this stupid game of, you know, race re-rolling, race switching, and Guild Wars 2 should avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last question I had for this was, were Warden and Marksman absorbed into other professions? And I think we covered that, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. It honestly sounds like they have been. Yeah, I know. That's very true. Um, Especially... Wait, what was I going to say? Shit. I'm, Never mind. I'm glad Marksman got canned, because people would say, Ha, that's the gunner. That's true. And I can say, Ha, so, no, there is not any gunner. You were completely wrong. I just wrong. realized, dude, if the Marksman was supposed to be, like, the gunner, because it doesn't mean Marksman is usually associated with bows, but what if it was guns in this case? Yeah, that's That means the thief absorbed it. Yeah, and having seen what the engineer has been, I've kind of re-examined what the thief does and I'm now feeling more comfortable rolling a thief than I am rolling an engineer. And I still haven't decided what my primary profession is going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a thief and then I thought it was going to be an engineer and now I just don't know what. I'll probably have one of each, but it'll I bet it'll take me getting in the game and actually playing with with them to figure out which one it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I I say that it's going to be one of the two and I'll end up playing a warrior or something. Yeah, or I'm going to decide that I do like Engineer better and you'll be the Guardian, because we'll need one. <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening too. Oh yeah, that's possible. Um, For our speculating pleasure, we were sent something by Nick Robles. He says, so you dudes were talking about underwater combat and stuff, and I started thinking about it. I thought that underwater, the water attunement skills would become more offensive than defensive. I think I think this way because I can't see other elements really keeping their roles underwater and still making sense. Definitely not Earth and Air Magic. I can imagine a water Ellie making ice torpedoes or underwater currents to speed up allies swimming or slowing down enemies. Or maybe underwater breathing, for example. We don't know. I see fire kind of working underwater, like magma blasts and bringing the water around enemies to an intense boil, but obviously earth and air can't do too well underwater. Actually, I could see, I could still see something being made of those underwater. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I like his ideas, though. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a pretty creative sucker, isn't he? It says, for air, the obvious example is zapping your friends and enemies and earth, well, where it's going to come from, and huge boulders can't move too well underwater. Just my two cents on the subject. What's that? Earth, I have, like, one word for you. Seaweed. (laughs) That's, yeah, I mean, plants kind of do associate with the earth side of things more. Yep. So they could do something with that. Or you could do, uh, I was going to say you could do like magma, underwater magma, but that's more fire than earth. It's kind of a, it's combination. Kind of a combination. Yeah. You owe me a coat. So, do, oh, you could have two elementalists, right? And so uh, it's that whole interacting with each other, but with the same profession. And one summons the earth up, and then the other one turns it to magma. Ooh. <laughs> That'd be pretty hip. That's also very contrived. Yeah, I'm making stuff up. So that's that. I suppose anybody else got something to say on that? I just, you know, I try to think about what they're going to do underwater, and when they said the extra weapon slots, I thought they would be just an extra weapon slot for the weapons you already have, but I've been proved wrong with, they've specifically mentioned a a harpoon for Mm. underwater combat, so there's going to be new weapons for underwater, so I'm completely wrong with that. And I have no idea what they're going to do, and I can't wait to see what they've got planned. That's the thing people don't seem to have noticed is when they said that half the game is underwater, they didn't mean it's a gimmick. They meant half this game is accommodated to underwater. Mm-hmm. And that's just nuts. No other game's done that yet. Other games, they just kind of make you, you know, 
float there and do the same shit that you were doing above ground. Yeah. I just I really hope they can do it well and it doesn't turn out to be a gimmick. Because it it's so easily could. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, if it does turn out to be a gimmick, at least don't emphasize half the game <laughs> in it. So it doesn't sound like that's what's going to happen, though. Arena net, they're not slouches there, as far as I can tell so far. Other than a lot of them don't wear shoes, bunch of hippies. Hey, uh, the bar brawl. Here we go. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot to say please. <laughs> Whoops. Well, anyway, I'll recut that in. I need to shorten that segment a little bit. A little bit. Way to do it. Yeah. So, uh, for the bar brawl, uh, Tasha brought up the question of leveling curves, and will you miss the really, really long, long leveling curves of other games that will not be present in Guild Wars 2? Yep. And we got we got 13 responses as of this date, and they were all really good. Some of them were long, so we chopped them up a little bit, but otherwise, I mean... Yeah, so not to bore you guys with a bunch of reading, we'll just give you um, a short little rundown. Soy Oil said, I say good riddance to bad rubbish. I will skip, jump, and walk while I level, and due to the various types of content available... There's valuable gameplay there because I get to play how I want. As for the rewards for participation, there's experience, karma, gold, gear, and crafting materials, not just levels, on the way to the cap. If it wasn't for level restrictions on skill tiers, I wouldn't even care what level I was. Good old Jesse. Straightforward. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, don't, I didn't see a lot of dissent between people on this one. No, and I was kind of surprised, actually, because... I mean, it's kind of, I thought about this one in uh, relation to, I think it was actually EverQuest, mm -hmm. where people seem to say that after playing EverQuest, every single game seemed like it was lacking in content. And I just wonder whether people who are used to playing things like World of Warcraft and other games that have a lot of leveling, if they're going to think they're going to miss it in Guild Wars 2 at all. So, apparently not. Yeah, either that, I think it has more to do with the fact that we just attract you know, Grilled Wars 2, and thus we, attract people who just didn't want that to begin with. I think if I was to hop on MMO Champion, and Bobil gave me the chance to actually ask people this question, it would be a much different story. Yeah, probably. A bunch of wild players there. So, Grybach wrote a very, very long one, and it was a good one, but we can only read a little bit of it. So, to to, synopsis, to synopsize, synopsticize, whatever. Summarize? Uh, he says... Yeah, summarize, there we go. As an adult with a social life, housework, and a full-time job, if I want to escape to Tyria, I want to be doing something new, something fun, or just hanging out. Hanging out doesn't change with level time because it is just time I'm sitting around. But if I've already explored the area I am in, and I'm not high enough to leave it, then it feels like I'll be, it'll be another chore and then some fun. And that is what Anet wants to avoid. Agreed with that. Agreed. Got to avoid turning your game into a freaking chore. Yeah. I, you know, I wish MMOs were more Legend of Zelda and less World of Warcraft, as far mm -hmm. as leveling goes. I like that. More Legend of Zelda, less World of Warcraft. I'm actually considering right now making that the title of this episode. <laughs> We'd actually get some people from WoW coming in here. What's with the WoW hate? Be like, man, you have not listened to earlier shows, have you? You call that WoW hate. <laughs> um,. Finally, I don't like being not max level. Ah, oh, man, I can agree with that statement. That's what's frustrating, is how to get it. Pisses me off. So anyway, he says, I don't mind doing some leveling, but a character is incomplete before it hits max level. I don't care that the game is fun. If I'm not max level, it is constantly nagging. Truer words never spoken, man. To clarify, I want the game to be fun all the time, but part of that fun is being able to be max level. This isn't out of a need for accomplishment, as I spoke of earlier. Is It is out of a desire to have all of my tools available to me. Yes, thank you. It isn't that I need to be max level instantly, but if the game takes too long to level, then I get really tired of being level X and am ready to be done leveling. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, uh, I think I was about ready to start going, Breach it, brother! And uh, going back, I'm giving you the novelist title for your response, by the way. 
because that was yeah. epic. So, yeah. And then Laurel Beard, I also chopped this one up a little bit, but Laurel Beard said, what I would really like to see in terms of leveling curves, as far as I want to see them at all, would be one that loosely follows the three-act structure of the story, assuming that model can be applied to this, assuming that model can be applied to the story. When it slows down, so does the rate at which you gain new powers. When things start moving faster, so do your skills. So this is not like Harry Potter, where at all times you actually suck, even though everyone says you're good. Sorry, I just had this random thought. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is true though in life when things are slow you know and you're not challenged you also don't rise to yes. that as often yeah I, I kind of like this I only thought of this idea after I started writing this comment so I'm not 100% if, it, if it's really a good idea but I would like to see a game where it's tried I could see that I don't think that's what we'll see in Guild Wars 2 but it's an interesting idea nonetheless mm -hmm. um, Laurel yeah. oh. also had a point earlier on in his comment about um seeing leveling as an indication of player skill and like um, sometimes it's actually a good idea to make players stay on a specific level for a while because they get more accustomed with their the tools they have available to them mm -hmm. so yeah it is true I remember when I was playing WoW for a while there I had the recruiter friend going on which made it real easy for me to make a new rogue because I always wanted to try that and he, I got him to 50 within a one hour. Wow. wow. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing with that character after that because there was so much stuff, and I'm like, what? And Rift even has a little bit of that problem because you can change your spec and get so many new skills because you choose different souls. Yeah. So now you've got like 500 skills, and you're like, what do I do with this? So you end up looking on YouTube and reading up on it because if, if you just try and find out yourself, it's a long, long learning curve. Mm-hmm. You Which actually is still faster than leveling, but leveling at least makes it so it's a solid learning state. There's something to be said for leveling, and I agree with that. I guess is my point. God, yeah. long-winded bastard. Right? Is that it, then? I think so. Barbara yeah, is over. Much many bruises to be had in that barbara. Actually, none, because everybody was in agreement. It was like a kumbaya bar brawl, wasn't it? <laughs> it, it, really, it really was. It's more like a, a peaceful night down the local. Mm-hmm. All right, so pro tip... Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Excellent. Let the people have their pro tip sauce. Well, we've talked about... We've mentioned it before on, on the podcast. We're... At, Relics is an ally with a with a guild called Hamstorm Nation, tag P-I-G. And their big thing is they run a build called Hamstorm, which is a, rain, which is a pet build. And we go and we do a lot of ABs with it, and we almost always win. And our guild leader right now, Fend, he's taking a PvE version of the Hamstorm build and taking bosses on one at a time. I believe the first boss he took out was... Uh, Moltov Rocktail. Uh -huh. And this is all by himself. So this build is pretty powerful. I'm I'm waiting for a nerf any day now, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but the PvP version works with you've got three Ranger Paragons and then one Necro Ranger. And your Necro Ranger is the person that calls. And his skill set is Insidious Parasite, Mark of Pain, Barbs, Feral Aggression, Strike is One. Scavenger Strike, Comfort Animal, and then Charm Animal. And what he does is he'll cast Barbs and Mark of Pain and Insidious Parasite on the, on the target he calls, and then the rest of the Hamstormers will cast their first four skills and all attack. And, and Fen was explaining this to me, and basically what happens is just numbers fly from, from, what, from the curses the Necros put on the um the other the ranger paragon build your first four skills are feral aggression strike is one atyug's cry and scavenger strike and what you do is you basically hit all of the first four skills at once and that will teleport your pet to to the enemy and do a bunch of other stuff and then brutal strike which is deals plus 37 damage uh, 
and a whole bunch more damage if they're below 50%. That's your heavy hitter. And then you've got run as one to run around fast, and then your charm and comfort animal, which you need both for PvP if you're not aware of that. It's a really easy build to run, and it's a whole lot of fun. Hmm. So, uh, I think Stummy listens on occasion to this podcast, so I think you just screwed that build. No! Don't! Just a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the PvE version, he's, he's got a whole bunch of them listed, and I'm not going to talk about them all, but the top version they're listed in, in order of effectiveness, is a Ranger Paragon with Feral Aggression, Strike as One, Spear of Fury, Scavenger Strike, Brutal Strike... Call of Protection, Comfort Animal, and Great Dwarf Weapon. Mm. And I think that's the one Fend is using to kill all the bosses all on his little old loadsome. Damn. I wonder if he still has to do a lot of like red dot dodging, though. Because when I used to farm, that was the biggest challenge, was just being able to navigate through an area without aggroing. Tons of dudes. I don't know. I tried to get on him the on the podcast, but he was being a weenie. And yeah. Didn't want to. Sissy Lala. <laughs> but yeah, if um anybody in our alliance knows that we're always up for hamstorming and often we'll try to get multiple groups together, one thing I would like to say is Kurzix, could you do some more PvP please because <laughs> you need some enemies to fight here. Yeah, you need fodder is what you're trying to say. <laughs> Kurzix fodder. Very nice. Um Tashi, you had something in text mod? Yes, I love it. It's awesome. I've uh, been working on my Survivor Monk lately, and I've grabbed myself by the balls, or lack thereof, um, and I've actually started vanquishing with uh, seven heroes, and that has meant that I have been uh, scraping walls and giving them lots of love, and Texmod has saved me so much time and effort, so thank you. Mm-hmm. The cartography one? Yes. yes. Yeah, that thing is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what- I actually didn't do that, but Lacey was doing a lot of it. And one day I, I saw that, I'm like, yeah, I could probably make her spend a lot less time running around trying to find stuff yeah. if she just had that. What it does is it, it takes those clouded areas w- that you haven't explored yet, and it charts out, um, it makes them first, like, white. So you can obviously see what you haven't gotten, and then does an outline of stuff that you can get. So you yeah. know where you can go and get stuff and whether or not you have. Mm-hmm. Very nice stuff. I've been using TextMod lately to practice my... T- uh, in-game texturing. Um, I'm, I've got a warrior in pre-searing, and I'm not a big fan of the warrior armor. So what I'm planning on doing is pulling out her armor, and then I'm going to repaint it to something else and try to make something really nice looking from that. I remember a long time ago when I first looked into TextMod, that was the stuff that I thought was cool, was people doing way, way high-resolution new versions of some armor. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's cool. Yeah. But if anyone's interested in um, doing the survivor um, like hero stuff, I am just running Subway plus an SOS writ, uh, an extra monk if it's in another like hard mode area, uh, like a eight man area, uh, Mesmer and a Earth Ellie, and that is rolling me through like every area I've gone to so far. Just me standing at the back being scared and only going in when something's about to drop and uh, the hero's doing 90% of the work, which which I can allow. <laughs> What's your Mesmer set up as? Uh, she's a panic. Yeah. Okay. Can't go without the panic, man. Mm. I, was, I also kind of sometimes switch it out and take um, a dervish instead, but generally the Mesmer's a bit better. That's true, and dervish right now. Mm. Well, I haven't actually played since they got adjusted. According to Chaz, it's not that much different, though. No. Or I shouldn't. I should say adjusted since their big patch. By adjustment, I didn't mean the big patch. They are much different due to that. Anyway, enough of that. I think everybody yep. knows what I'm saying. All right. Uh, what is this trader arcade? Let's go, Schmeagle. Stupid fat habits. That's not Guild Wars. And now it's time for Trader Arcade. So what other games have you do you want to talk about, Tasha? Uh okay. 
few few things. If you guys are looking at playing something which is free and idling your time between now and Guild Wars 2 releasing, Age of Conan is currently free to play until the 30th. Unlike what many people will say, it is a game worth playing and popping your head in. Um, yeah, it's got one of the best tutorials I think I've ever seen for a game up until level 20 is absolutely fantastic. And actually will give you an idea of what you can expect to see in Guild Wars 2 in terms of population in towns and voice acting. That start of that game is really, really well voice acted, so go check that out. Uh, I can agree things- with that. My husband and I played Age of Conan for a little bit. Yeah, I think we played it until sort of level 35, 40, and it was, it was really good. We're actually thinking about popping back in there this weekend, next weekend as well. So, yeah. And other things, uh, APB is back in beta, or will be coming back in beta very soon. And same with Hellgate London, they're rebooting that, and that's going out the start of June. And if you sign up on their forum, you can get um, a closed beta key. And also, I've just been massively giving some away as well. So, Ooh. if you didn't get to enjoy those the first time round, you get another second shot at them, and they'll be free for a while. I've always been intrigued by APB, but mostly that's because of their character customization. I saw a video on it and just rotating and moving the tattoos on the character. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. I'm a sucker for character customization. Same here. Yeah. They should make an MMO that's all about character customization. They did. It's called The Sims Online. Oh, that's right. Nobody liked it. And Second Life also, but Second Life. Yeah. Well, Spore was a bit like that as well. And everyone just made, like, genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent unit, sir. <laughs> so, okay, uh, that's, that's uh, all of our traders' talk. And um, we got an email here from Kalen Frostblade. He says, in order, number one, Ryan, the way for Guildcast to have less episodes than one a week would be to have half an episode a week. Yeah, we need to talk about that. See... Production of a show is probably more work than actually recording a show. It is definitely more work. So this recording I'm doing right now, this is the easy part. <laughs> so when you tell someone to just to just do half the show and act like that's going to be half the work, that is a misnomer. That's probably maybe 80% of the work. You're, you're really not losing that much by just recording a shorter show, honestly. The planning, all the editing, all that, the processes that have to go through to make the, sh- the file listenable, that stuff all takes about the same amount of time regardless. So, that wouldn't work. If guilt, if, if you're trying to say the guild cast doesn't need to, uh, you know, merge with us, then you can say that if you want, cause I understand some people like them better than us. That's fine. You can say that. Um, I, I'm, I won't cry. I promised myself I wouldn't. And he said, number two, the leader of the char is called the Khan-Ur. Thank you for that. Hence the claw of the Khan-Ur. I thought I would mail that to you, even though I thought you probably already looked it up. Then again, maybe I'm expecting too much from you. Oh, he's just ripping you a new one, Ryan. Yeah, I know. And just so you know, no, I didn't look that up. And, uh, yeah, so I guess I failed massively there. And then number three says, looks like I was wrong about the engineer. I thought that was too obvious. Yeah, I was wrong about that too. I I thought it sounded too far off. So it's funny to hear me now defending it. Like, it's not really that, you know, breaking lore that much. But the way they showed it, it was kind of like, well, you know what? Maybe this could work. It's it's more to do with trusting ArenaNet's track record and their ability to handle lore and immersion. You know, honestly, though... I was saying arena um, engineers and turrets, but I didn't expect them to use engineer or turrets. I was mm-hmm. just using it as a way to explain. And I was saying turret, meaning a stationary thing that does stuff. Yeah, I didn't uh, expect you... actual gun turrets. Yeah, here's a turret. Don't you mean meat grinder? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for the great show and keep it up. And uh, I don't know if this was a signature or not, but then he also said, never try to buddy breathe with a barracuda. Too true. I will remember that when I go to San Diego and scuba dive. Oh, next month. Holy crap. It's coming up. Wow. And that's that. That's all we've got there for uh, show stuff. Just want to remind everybody that we we are doing community shows still. One didn't come out last week. We didn't get that much participation. We, we If a couple got sent that were like the moment they got to me ended up being 
completely irrelevant due to news releases. So it kind of hosed the effort in the first place. But keep sending your stuff in. Um, maybe if you can, try not to make it uh, time sensitive. Make it something that will always be interesting, if possible. I'm not saying don't give us news. Give news if you really want to. But if more people are sending stuff in that's not time sensitive, then it actually is more likely that we'll have a full show to post. And we will post those as we get content that will fit and make the show full, lively, and interesting. There we go. There's that. Um, you can also just call in if you want to just post or send us feedback for shows like this. Uh, you can write us emails, blah, blah, blah. What's the stuff I haven't mentioned in that little bumper at the end? You need to write it just, down. Yeah, I know. I need to remember what it says and then what I need. Oh, give us your iTunes comments. I don't emphasize that enough in the soundbite because people aren't leaving them. Give us your iTunes comments. I think I just spoke real loudly and my microphone went quiet. Huh? It's fine. That's right. You're not in a box. It's okay. Okay, good. No box. No Captain Martin Long. <laughs> no. Not yet. I need to start calling... Or, I mean, Captain Martin Long needs to call in some more. I think. <laughs> that was a bad slip. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> right? You guys got anything other to, than that to say? Or um, yes. am I just going to have to... Can I other than the wheel of morality. But... Am I allowed What's to that? pimp? Yes, you are. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, God Matters to Infinity, which means my show, The Girl Meeting, is making a return. And it's moving from Wednesdays to Sundays, 8 p.m. GMT. Same stuff as was happening on Wednesday, just now all those in America can actually get in-game and come join in the fun. So, Woo-hoo. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. That's what Abed from the community would say. Cool, cool, cool. I've been saying that lately. <laughs> Do you guys watch that show? No. Oh, that is hilarious. I would say go to Hulu, but you don't get Hulu no. in the UK. Damn it. Sorry. Community is awesome. If you ever get if that's ever I'll, available I'll, to you. I'll see if it's on Love Film. That's that's the one I get. Okay. Cool. Alright, what I mean is cool, cool, cool. <laughs> right. Um I guess we'll do Wheel of Morality so that I can head out and record some singing for that thing that we've been slacking on. And I'm nervous about that. Oh, you'll be fine. So here we... Yeah, it'll be... It's fine, because Jim, as I understand, is a falsetto. And a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful singer. <laughs> Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. I want to meet a bodybuilder someday, so I can approach him and say, that is unnecessary. Okay. That'd be good. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't got anything. Last night, I lay in bed looking up at the stars in the sky, and I thought to myself, where the heck is the ceiling? Consider yourself plus one to pro because you've just finished another episode of the Relics of Ore podcast, a product of Cyan Studios. Swing by the website at relicsoforr.com to find our Facebook page, Twitter feed, Steam community, and our forum. Or send us your email or pre-recorded feedback at relicsofor at gmail.com or call us at the U.S. phone number 708-202-9262. How do I get involved? You can join the forum or apply for a future reservation in the Guild Wars 2 Relics of War Guild. Also, you can visit our sponsors at doghousesystems.com to show your support. Just enter the coupon code RELICS after you buy a product, and you'll get $25 of credit towards Jinx merchandise. Alternatively, you can head to the main page and find a link to our merchandise line on Zazzle.com, or just use our PayPal donate button. Be sure to subscribe to our show with whatever podcatcher you use, and if it's iTunes, leave us a professional review that we deserve. We'll read it on the show.